listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey Denver, Chris Lopez here, and today we're going to talk about new builds. You've heard us talk about new builds a lot more last few months with our deal analyses and talking with clients, and we were buying new builds for house hacks and also some Airbnbs and medium-term rentals. So new builds are different than traditional resale properties. So I got one of our experts on the podcast, Lauren Valinotti. Lauren, welcome. Hey, thank, thank you. Excited to talk about this this topic. I know. So this is something that we've been doing a lot the last really six, seven months as the pandemic has, you know, driven inventory off the cliff Mm -hmm. and you've done a lot of new builds recently. And it's, it's very different than traditional, you know, properties and it all comes down to pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Everything has pros and cons and you've done a great job of outlining pros and cons for here. So where do you start discussion with clients on, Hey, I want to invest. I'm open to new builds. Where do you start the education? Yeah. So Pretty much when you are looking in the multiple listing service, there's two different types of properties on the new new build category. So there's like a new build commun- community. And that just means, you know, they have this master plan. They have these plots of uh, land that's available for you to purchase. So you're really involved for, you know, from the, the ground up. Uh, and then they also just have new, newer build construction in there. And usually these uh, properties are about 60 days out, maybe 90 days out to being finished. Um, And so this really just depends on like what your timing is of actually being able to buy. The master plan ones, usually the completion time is gonna be about 12 12 months. Um, And then on the uh, pretty much almost finished ones, it's gonna be around like a 60 to 90 day for you to be able to close on it. Okay. And then pros and cons, like we have talked numerous times about, you know, the process we use, the buyer friendly contract we use to buy mm-hmm. resale properties, which right. is a property that's already been built, owned, sold multiple times. New builds are different. So just start walking us through pros and cons mm-hmm. and, and distinguishing between new builds and existing inventory. Yeah. So when we do a resale property, you're going to be using the Colorado um, contract, which is very buyer friendly. You know, you have your earnest money and there's multiple dates and deadlines written into that contract for the buyer to be able to terminate and get that earnest money back. When you're buying a new build, you're going to be using a builder contract and um, every builder contract's different. The builder gets to put the language in there, put the terms in there, uh, and it's definitely heavily in favor of the builder. Um, cause you, the builder's lawyer is the one drafting this, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so one of the things too, what we always say is, you know, um, we're not attorneys. So when it comes to being able to advise you on the builder contract, uh, if you are confused, you know, we definitely have some real estate lawyers that we can have, uh, you know, put you in contact with and look it over and, you know, really be able to dig into all the legal, uh, language in there and ensure that you know what you are getting yourself into because the big difference of this is once you start the process your earnest money is going to go to go hard the very first day so when you say go hard that means great you know it's non-refundable correct when we use the the colorado contract to buy and sell real estate if you terminate the contract for the numerous reasons why you can right. your earnest money gets refunded to you mm-hmm. exactly. but with a new build how's that process work? Because there's like the deposit, 
there's contract there's mm-hmm. so so take a step back walk us through mm-hmm. and define and walk through that process yeah so you know day one of everybody signing the contract you usually have about 48 hours to uh you know deliver your deposit and again that's your builder deposit so there's you know every builder does it differently um you know there are some builders that will do their pricing as like this is the base price model and then there's just a slew of choices and upgrades that you have to make throughout the whole process um, that will be a additional cost. Um, and so if you if you are going to do any upgrades or all of the design choices that you make as well, they usually ask for half of that money to be also deposited. And again, that's going to be going going hard as well to where if you get to the very end of the closing time, and for whatever reason, if you lose your job or you can't get financing anymore, maybe the interest rate went so up more than what you initially thought, technically the builder has the right to be able to keep all of that money that you initially invested into building the home. So to clarify on there, you're saying, great, we go we go under contract, they have their base model. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you go in there and do your design meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's where, hey, upgrade countertops, cabinets, lighting, if it's a thirty thousand dollar upgrade, a lot of times they want they want the clients put down extra fifty percent or fifteen thousand dollars for the upgrades. Correct. Okay. Or they'll like layer it out too, you know. So you know, as they are installing or as they're ordering the materials, like they can also layer out the payment there for your upgrades or your choices that you've actually picked. Normally, they're going to definitely ask after that design meeting, you know, half of the money up like front. Um, you know, so there's definitely some like risk involved and, you know, it, it kind of feels backwards as the buyer, you know, of giving all this money away and making it hard. It's just, you know, to kind of look at it from the builder's, you know, perspective too, um, you know, the buyer could have very, uh, specific tastes that maybe isn't what the, you know, majority of the market would respond to. So if the buyer is picking all of these specific options and for any reason, the buyer backs out. Well, now the builder is stuck with this asset, you know, that in our reality probably won't be able to get the return that the initial buyer had put into it. So, you know, you can kind of look at it from, from both sides. And it, this is a very standard process just across the country of how the building process works. And let's talk a little bit more about that design meeting or design process. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is something that, you know, a lot of times it, it can be very stressful for people. What's that... What's that process like and what should clients keep in mind as they go through that design process? Yeah. So again, you know, there's there's different ways that builders can go about, you know, building their homes. And if we're talking about the base price plus options models, which is like what the bigger nationwide builders are, Richmond, uh, K, uh, B Homes, those kind of, you know, larger uh, groups, um, you know, it's, it's literally almost every single thing that you use in the house is something that they're going to ask you about. Do you want a light switch here? You know, do you want another outlet here? And all of these things come with a additional so it's cost. very detailed. Very, very detailed. And for our client base, you know, that, um, you know, our audience base that's listening to us, there's a whole nother layer of, um, you know, kind of goggles that you have to put on when you go into that design center, because it's, you're not the traditional buyer and you're, and you're, you know, you're not, the traditional buyer, I guess, is more looking for how is this gonna make me happy? How is this gonna bring me joy in my life? And I'm sure the smart ones out there are also making sure that they're gonna get, if they do need to sell it, get it returned. 
Um, but for our clients, they really have to go in there with the decision of, well, how much cash, you know, initial capital, you know, outlay do I want to put into this? What is um, going to get me a return when I sell? Um, the biggest return when I sell and also too, you know, what's going to give me, um, you know, the dura durability because in all reality, we want to rent this property out too. So um, it's just, it's a whole nother layer on top um, for a investor doing a brand new build also. And I doubt builders have like, oh, here's package yeah. A, here's package B, and here's the rental package. I yeah. doubt they have the rental package. The rental there, package right? would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So in that step of the process, make sure you bring your real estate agent with you, um, you know, to be able to just be like a, a sounding board, because it's just like anything like with us, you know, working with our resale clients and our fix and list program, you know, we always want to ensure that the capital that they're putting in, they're going to get, you know, a two to three, $3 return. And also too, you have to think about when you're renting it, you know, you're going to have renters and there's renter wear and, and uh, tear, you know, those individuals, they're not necessarily thinking about it as their house. So, you know, if you get a marble, let's say countertop and they're having a, you know, um, a dinner party and you have red wine, you know, a, a homeowner would know if someone spills red wine on this marble, it's stained and it's ruined forever. Um, you know, so as an investor building, all right, let's use durable stones to where if they do throw a, a, a rager, um, you know, whenever we have to go do the, the tenant flip on it, um, you know, the cost is going to be go going down. And also two thing to think about is picking the finishes. Let's say you're going to hold it for like a 10 year period. Um, the styles can definitely change of, you know, what the market is looking to um, and just that 10 year period of time. So I always say like, go with like the basics on that design, you know, um, on that, that design meeting, focus on the kitchen, focus on the master bath. Um, but also go with the mindset too, of when I go to resell this property, I'm going to have to put some capital into it. And it might make more sense then to do the higher end upgrades to match exactly what the market at that time is wanting. Right now, everyone's going for these you know, brass finishes, stuff like that. Well, 10 years from like now, you know, it could switch back over to Chrome. And now you have a completely brassed out house, you know, or gold house whenever the market doesn't want it. And you paid an upgrade, you know, at the very beginning for that. So hope, hopefully that answers your question. It does. And I mean, to, to peel that onion back more, yeah. how can clients prepare for that? Because it's not like, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but like it's, yeah. that's something it's very hard to prepare and educate yourself on. Yeah, I think um, maybe just working backwards on, okay, like what's my initial like cash outlay budget? Like, what do I have? Because we're also always playing a chess game in our heads as investors of, you know, not only am I thinking about buying property one, but you're also setting yourself up to buy property two, three, four, and five. Um, and so just ensuring that you're staying within that budget of what you want to pay, uh, you know, for property one and and really trying not to dip into maybe your savings to go into buy property two in the, the, the following year. Um, so I think that was answering your question, right? Or just like... No, and, and you, you did a great... Yeah, no, that yeah. is because so you, you brought it back to like the bigger yeah, strategy. Just think, yeah, just think about your budget. And it, it's insane sometimes with the base model plus options. And not every builder is like that. You know, there's builders that have a set deal and and that's what they just stamp out time and time you might have a little bit of flexibility here and like there or they'll have three different packages that you can pick you can pick from 
And when it, and those two options I just said, it's pretty easy for, I would say, an investor to be able to work through the options on the base model plus option one, you know, you're making decisions about pendant lights, recessed lighting, you know, do I want overhead lighting or a fan? It doesn't even come with that. You know, it comes with a light switch and an outlet to where you can plug in a lamp. When you turn on the light, that switch, it'll plug on your like lamp for you. Um, you know, you're making decisions on materials for the cabinets, the countertops, the bathroom, the tiling. Uh, you know, the builder is going to do minimum amount of wood flooring. They're going to ask you, do you want to expand the, the wood wood flooring, you know, any other areas into the house? Um, so for that design meeting, if you are going into a project like that, just bring, just bring your like agent with you um, and go into it thinking you're going to spend the least amount of money. And when people do go on the design budget, if they spend 10, 20, $30,000, does that generally get wrapped into the overall purchase price then and, and wrapped into the financing package? Or is that an extra $20,000 I have to, the client has to write outside of closing in addition to the normal down payment? Every builder is different. Um, okay. You know, some might make you outlay the cash, you know, out uh, front and not bring that to, to your financing costs. And then there are some that will wrap that, that in as well. All right. So went through, I think some of the, I don't want to say cons, but just considerations, mm-hmm. differences. Hey, it's, it's you're not using Colorado real estate contract, you're using the builder contract that their lawyer drafts for them, and mm-hmm. you know whose favor that goes into. Your earnest money will go hard at the time of signing the contract. You're going to have longer close times from you know 60 days to 12 months plus. You're going to have to go through the design process on here as well. And then with the longer close time, what does that do for interest rates? Because that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, when you buy a resale property, great, we got our contract. Two days later, clients are sitting out, Joe, whoever, and they get their term sheet. Great, interest rate is this, no problem. 12 months out, you're not getting an interest rate term sheet that I don't think. Correct, yeah. So usually that's the biggest kind of question mark, I would say, you know, outside of going in and picking all your options and what your total cost is going to be. Um, the biggest question mark as well is going to be the interest rate. Um, usually uh, you can lock your rate in, I would say about like six, like 60 days out. So realistically that, you know, you're not really able to know what your true mortgage payment is going to be until about 60 days out Okay. before closing. Um, and the other unfortunate thing though, with your interest rate lock is um, if you lock it in for 60 days based upon the closing date that the builders give you, there is a very good chance that that builder is going to have construction issues, city permit issues, and that closing date is going to get pushed pushed out. So when you're getting to that like 60 day mark, you know, close to what your projected date is, you really wanna be making sure that your agent is reaching out to the builder, trying to get just a really good feel of the reality of being able to, to close then. And then that way, the buyer can go back to the um, to their lender and try and strategize on, you know, let's look at the rates today. You know, we don't really see anything, you know, major happening in the market to where we're going to have this huge, you know, spike in it. Let's just go ahead and keep waiting, maybe until day forty five, just to kind of check back in with your lender, see where the rates are at again, check back with the builder again, see where their completion time is, and then start to to really try and lock in that that rate. Because I would say. Majority, I would say the ones that are from like the ground up or close to completion right now, especially with 
material issues. Our city is so backed up with getting permits. Majority of all of my closing dates are getting pushed and pushed. And there's, you know, I say half of them are, are getting, my clients are getting hit with a rate lock extension as well to be able to hold that interest rate. It's a charge every single week, um, you know, additionally to hold it. So we just want to try and minimize that as much as possible and just ensuring you're using your your agent and your lender to really strategize you and, and set you up. So this this is very helpful so far. So what are some of like the pros with the new builds? Because I mean, you know, off top of the head, you know, an obvious one is there's usually not a bidding war. Mm-hmm. Great, a prop, you know, a resale property list on Thursday morning, and then by Sunday they've got three, five, ten offers. New builds is a different process, right? So how is that compared to resale properties? Yeah. So competition that we're seeing is a lot less. I would say whenever we started kind of digging into buying newer build properties for our client, that was during COVID. Um, and there was just happened to be a lot of brand new built properties that were near completion and available. Um, and so the comp, you know, the there really wasn't a lot of bidding up on the property price. It was, it was pretty straight, straightforward. You know, they would put it on the MLS at that price. They would take the very first offer that came in. Um, now, unfortunately, what's happening is since again, such low inventory in our market, um, and the cost of materials are going up so high. Um, what's happening now is we have like wait, you have to be on a like wait list. Like anytime that we go to a new build community, majority of the time, all of the lots are already already like spoken for and the builder is going to release them in segments of like time. You know, they're going to you know release one plot or one set of buildings out They'll, they'll be the wait list and then the sales agent will will call, you know, just one down the road, you know, one after the next just saying, hey, it's opened up. This is the price that we're at now. Do you guys want it or not? Yes or no. And they'll just work their way down that that list uh, until they run out of plots. Um, so the competition, I would say, is definitely a little bit higher than when we, when we had this conversation at the beginning. Um, but the pro of it is, is you're not going into this bidding war against 10 other buyers to try and buy it. Um, but again, the cost of materials, um, as they release sections of their development, they are slowly increasing the price of the base base price out there. And let's talk about that for me, because that is an investing strategy we've talked about with clients and yes. on previous podcasts about whether you're buying in the, you know, a a new build townhome, you know, like a redevelopment in Arvada or Wheat Ridge, or you go out there and buy in a big community out by uh, the airport or up north or anything is about buying like an an early one of the first phases or one of the early new builds. Mm-hmm. What are the advantages of that to homeowners or investors? Hey, if I buy early on, what's that look like? Yeah, I think you've had um, somebody on the podcast that this was a strategy that they actually used. Yep. Um, so if you're one of the first people to buy into the property, um, they, they kind of, you're able to be gifted a lot of appreciation as the project is, you know, being close to, to uh, finish. Um, I think they're also kind of gifting you that because you're going to be one of the first, you know, homes built in there. There could be a master plan of like a hundred plus homes. You know, you're going to be making friends with all the construction crews because you're going to see a lot of them. 
Uh, um, that's a that's a way to put it. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, if you can find contractors and you know get uh, get a good list of contractors, you know, they're always looking for some additional work. Uh, the contractors out there, um, but no, it is a great way if you get in early. Um, you're going to see quite a bit of appreciation in a very quick period of time by the time the community is finished. Um, because again, appreciation, cost of materials, um, you know, our, our business is very much a supply and demand driven, mm-hmm. you know, also. So, you know, as the community gets finished out, there's less and less lots and they're just able to take advantage of that. So you could, let's just say even easy numbers, you bought in first lot, you know, at 500,000, you know, by the time the community is finished, there's a really good chance you're going to see those same houses going for fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 more. And we'll talk about it because, I mean, at the time it's recording, I think about a month or six weeks ago, we'd record a, a podcast with a client who bought a new build in Nevada. Mm-hmm. There's a great layout where, you know, it's a new build townhome where on the first floor, it was basically a great lock off you then to do some airbnb mm-hmm. and he's one of the first buyers in this community and he closed on that when did he close that on was that? in january so he closed yeah. in january we're recording this you know right before memorial day in may mm-hmm. what's happened that community and other townhomes in there over the last four or five months so i think he purchased that one at 560 and um the builders are still waiting to release the pricing for the same layout for phase two but, you know, I've been in close contact with them and, um, you know, they're realistically going to be releasing the base price um, models for like 610, I want to say. And when I say base price for these guys, this is a builder that you don't really, there's really no upgrades. It's very, very few. You're really getting a high end finish right off the bat. So, you know, from 560 to 610 and, you know, like a five month period. And that's a 10, 10% insane. bump right there Yeah, over five exactly. months. Yeah. And I think we chatted about this earlier. You know, it's a mix of things, you know, a mix of just, uh, you know, appreciation, but also just the cost of materials is what we're seeing right now is really causing, you know, just the builders massive amount of headaches right now of being able to project. All right. When we actually start doing the framing, the wood's the biggest issue. What's the actual cost going to be? Because these guys are seeing increases every single, every single week. A price increase um so yeah that's that's a really interesting strategy um i mean you can you know hold that property for a little bit you know afterwards let it appreciate and um you know you're gonna be able to walk walk away with a good amount of uh, money as well so when it comes to then you know because the majority of new builds we bought have been for house hackers and nomaders mm-hmm. you know people move in there and after a year or two they're moving out convert to rental and the reason, you know, one of the reasons new builds are becoming more attractive is, hey, in that five to six five to six hundred thousand dollar price point, that's pretty much about the same for a, you know, a a nineteen sixties build house in the suburbs mm-hmm. that has fifty years of wear and tear and deferred maintenance. So when it comes to rental rates, what are you seeing in terms of like rental rates for these new builds? Like, is there is it higher demand? Is it higher rents? Is it both, or does it matter? Yeah, so um, we are definitely seeing a premium in rents for a newer build construction. And where a majority of these newer build townhome communities are going up are actually in like areas that like young professionals want to actually live, like Arvada, south of Colfax, um, you know, to where you're able to have the walk ability um, that's going to easily attract renters. 
And, you know, when you're kind of comparing their rental market, you know, apartment versus townhouse versus a single family home, in all reality, there's no way that they're going to be able to find a single family home most of the time as updated as this. You would be able to find an apartment with the same sort of finishes as a brand new townhome to rent, you know, but there is a premium to not have to live in an apartment and live in a townhouse that's centrally located and has all of the amenities, uh, you know, that renters are willing to pay the additional premium for. So vacancy goes goes down and then the, um, you know, the rent rates are going to go up too. And I mean, I think most of our viewers and listeners, they have, you know, they've walked or lived in properties and these newer builds, I mean, they've got the, the nine foot ceilings, yep. the, you know, the great open concept kitchens, the recess lighting, a lot of these, you know, new builds are, you know, three bedroom, three and a half bath where every bedroom has its an ensuite bath and yep. they have a big walk-in closet. Um, like it's just, you know, the, the layout and what people want, it's just, it's there. Like the functionality mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you touched on the like layout too. I mean, there's definitely some new build townhomes out there that you just kind of scratch your head on. Like they miss, they miss the mark a little bit. Um, but you know, the ones that our clients are seeing a lot of success in and they gravitate towards is, you know, the three bedroom with having the, the on, on suite bathroom. And again, you're going to be able to get higher rent premiums by having three young professionals in there and not having to share a bathroom or have that additional pr- privacy as well. Um, so yeah, these newer builds are, are providing that, um, that premium layout also. And then let's talk about, um, you know, just wear and tear and putting away reserves and maintenance because hey these are Mm -hmm. brand new properties so therefore it is a brand new roof brand new water heater brand new furnace and they should have a longer lifespan a lot of times Mm -hmm. people buy a resale property and hey the roof the furnace they already have days to weeks to years of already life taken away from there so a lot of times with new builds you can do a reduced like reserve uh uh, maintenance reserves first couple Mm -hmm. years but what type of builder's warranty does it come with? Because there's a blue tape walkthrough, there's a builder's warranty. What are those and why is it advantageous? Yeah, so with the brand new build, you know, it's kind of like a set standard of, you know, what the builder offers. So you'll have like the a typical like one one year warranty, which literally like your whole house is covered for that. Um, you know, any appliance issues, um, you know, anything that can go wrong, pretty much. The, the builder is required to come and fix that. So as you're getting close to, you know, owning the property for 12 months, definitely make sure that you have your list and you're reaching out to them to get, you know, anything major like fixed for it. Um, but if you really think about, you know, all of your 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 CapEx items in the property, you know, majority of the things that maybe the the hot water heater, but even now we're seeing most of the builders going with the the tankless hot water heaters. Oh, really? Yeah, all of those pretty much come, you know, all it was that 10 year lifespan um all of those 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 major costs are going to probably outlive you even owning the property if you're going to hold a property for for 10 years you know you might have some some little things like pop up here and like there but um it definitely drastically does reduce like what your maintenance reserves is going to be i know normally how we write it you know it's we write you know, I think we write our brand new bills at like 5% and, you know, versus that like an 8% what we mm-hmm. would do for a resale property. Um, and then there's also, you know, it, the structure and the, the, um, the structure is also covered usually up to like six years on the property as well. So if anything kind of starts sliding or moving around, 
that's that that will be covered you know by the builder warranty also so um that's one of the the best benefits of buying a brand new build is just you can just kind of set it forget about it uh, that first year you know all your major appliances are all under that that one year warranty little little things you know throughout the property some builders um will even do so talking about the blue tape walkthrough it's kind of one of the other pros of buying a brand new build home is we'll do our regular inspection i always recommend um you know doing a third party inspection throughout the process um one level of certainty you know is that the city has to approve every stage of building their brand new construction home so at least you know you have professionals looking at that but at the end of the day their gc you know their superintendent they all work for the builder so it might pass code it might pass inspection but it's like it's not what you thought you were going to get so having that third party inspector before closing is important to walk through we'll have you know those items to ask the builder to fix but we're also going to go do a blue tape walkthrough which is where you get to literally bring some blue tape with you and walk through the whole property and like point, the blue painters tape. yeah the blue painters tape and point out any like cosmetic-y defects to the property because at the end of the day they're supposed to deliver a brand new product to you versus a resale, you know, especially in this kind of market right right now, anything on the cosmetic side, if you ask a seller for, you're pretty much laughed at. Um, but it's great, you know, to be able to go into a brand new build. If you see paint on the floor, scuff on the walls, you know, maybe the bathroom, you know, area wasn't sealed the way you want it to be sealed. Um, one of the common things I see is kitchen cabinet doors are not necessarily like installed level, you know, um, you're able to point that all those kind of things out. Yeah. So those are, that's definitely something that's different, uh, buying a, a brand new build as well. Something that popped my mind while you're talking about just all the, you know, the reduced capex for the first seven, 10 years, the property is, you know, our, our friend James were up in Fort Collins the last, I mean, I mean, geez, four or five years, he, for his investor clients and nomad clients, they've been buying a lot of the new build communities. And he's saying for a lot of his clients, what their strategy is, is that they'll go in there and, you know, buy a house. And then, you know, after that seven, 10 year mark, they actually plan on exiting out. And it's, you know, it's true reasons. One is to optimize their equity in the property, but also like, hey, that's when things start breaking, the yeah. furnaces, the roofs also come out like, hey, they're gonna buy a brand new property, have hopefully, you know, knock on wood, very, very low maintenance and no mm -hmm. big ticket items. And then before things start going bad, sell out and then move on to something else, which is another plays in the exit strategy we talk about a lot of times mm -hmm. here in Denver, which is, hey, buy a property, ride the wave of growth, and then in five, seven, 10 years, when it makes sense to look at refinancing or a lot of times selling and trading up. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing about new builds is you should really, really minimize cash in the property for big ticket items in those first you know handful of years. Yeah, no, that's that's really, really smart for sure. So, okay, so I'm looking at my notes here, Lauren. Mm -hmm. I think I have asked you all the questions. Yeah. Anything else on your list over there that we want to talk about? Um, I think like one, like two other things we'd love to be able to bring up, and I forgot to kind of talk about this as a pro, um, you know, depending upon the builder, the big nationwide builders are not nearly as like flexible, but let's talk about like Anthony's development. Um, sometimes they are willing to make adjustments to the build out to accommodate, uh, maybe like an Airbnb rental a little bit better. Um, this will all be done after closing time, um, because the builder has to complete the design, uh, that whatever they were given a permit for 
the city will come through and make sure that everything matches. But you can have that conversations with them during the process as well as like, I would love to put a wall here, an additional door to make this a complete private lock off. Um, you know, you guys can talk about plumbing, you know, if you wanted to add in like additional kitchenette, um, you know, so depending upon, usually it's the smaller builders are more flexible on, on doing stuff like that. Mm. Um, but they already have the materials, you know, if you're early on as well, their crews are already there, you know, it's something that they can just kind of like pick up on the side and it's a customer service thing, you know, from the builder also, but they can be flexible sometimes of, you know, working with an investor and trying to make the unit, you know, work to the best for them and produce the most amount of money. Um, the last thing is when I kind of touch on, I think almost every podcast I've been on uh, with you, somehow the Bank of America program kind of jumps into this. Um, but there is a pretty amazing Bank of America grant program to where they will give you $10,000 towards your down payment. And then they'll also give you $7,500 that will go towards the closing cost. Um, it is dependent upon how much income you make. Um, I think it's like 150 or less you have to make, which is ma like majority of people, I would say. And then you have to have a good credit score. And then it is like location driven. So it's kind of on a sliding scale. The more money you make, um, you're going to have to buy in like a low income track area. If you make like a moderate amount of money, like around 100,000, they're going to want you to either buy in a low income track or a moderate income track okay. area. Uh, but these newer build communities that we're seeing are being built in a lot of these low to moderate income track areas. So if you look, I think I forget how much Anthony ended up putting in and, you know, he bought like a brand new town home for 560 with that $17,000 towards it. Um, the interest rate he locked in was at 2.5 with no property mortgage insurance to where it was, you know, the, property was more than what he wanted to spend, but the cash outlay for him ended up being the exact same that he was, he was willing to initially do. Um, so if anybody is interested in learning about that program, it's a very interesting program and we've been seeing it working really, really well for these particular projects. And you mentioned there, you know, with the, uh, the Airbnb stuff, and that's something that's been really interesting. This last year's we've gotten more new builds is just, we're seeing a trend of more builders and it's, really, it's, it's the local smaller builders where they are building things with, you know, a mother-in-law suite mm -hmm. or Airbnb suite. I mean, we found we found a handful of complexes around town where they go, yeah. oh, they, they have the bill that where, hey, you can Airbnb this, or you can medium term rental it. And it's really cool. Yep. So, you know, listeners out there, if you guys have questions about this, obviously like, you know, Lauren's on top of this and also internally as well, like, Lauren, our other team members as well, like we all are out there looking at properties. We all share information. We have a pretty good spreadsheet we keep for, hey, what's going on? So as we're able to aggregate our combined experience and just that day-to-day -day knowledge of conversations and driving around town and phone calls and website visits and aggregate the data in a spreadsheet, people find, you know, properties in the right location that meet their numbers that maybe work out sometimes for various lending programs that have like sometimes also have a mother-in-law suite in there. Um, so we are really trying to carve out some great knowledge base and extra value to provide to clients. If you have questions, please reach, reach out to me, reach out to Lauren. Obviously, you can tell she's very knowledgeable on this topic. Lauren, thanks so much. This is great. I Thank learned a few more things today. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. If you guys have any questions, please call us, hit the website up, reach out to us. We love talking about this, help you figure out if this is a right 
uh, next step for your strategy. But the punchline is that new builds, are they worth looking at? It's a big Y-E-S. They absolutely are in the current marketing editions with all the other stuff that Lawrence talked about. So thank you.